I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call with them so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion worth of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514-488-3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. Before we get to today's guest, I want to again let everyone out there know that we are doing the executive search for Brazos Valley Economic Development Corporation. That is in Brazos County, Texas, Bryan and College Station. And if you're not familiar with that area, it's Texas A&M University. That's the community where Texas A&M is at. This is a really fantastic position for a, a seasoned professional out there. That's what they are looking for. Uh, the position will pay one hundred and ninety to 230000 So if you are interested, please get in touch with me, uh, Chuck at nextmovegroup.com. You can get in touch with Alex directly, Alex at nextmovegroup.com. Or you can uh, get a hold of Brittany, our recruiter, as well. So any of the three of us, get reach out to us if you are interested in that position. You can also uh, take a look at it and learn more at www.thenextmovegroup.com backslash Brazos Valley. Our guest today is no stranger to our audience. It's Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group. He hadn't been on here in a while, so I thought it'd be good for us to catch up, especially with what's going on with Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been on here in about six months. People probably don't realize that because we promote a lot of our board training videos weekly you know, videos I might've recorded two years ago. So a lot of people probably don't realize I hadn't been on your podcast show in six months, but I hadn't. So even though they see my pretty face at least weekly, so I'm glad to be here. Well, I, I was following your, uh, your Facebook fun times at Mardi Gras and uh, it seemed like you had a good time while you were there. Why do you love it so much? This right. was a good, this was a good Mardi Gras for several reasons. One, the weather was fantastic. It was almost too hot. I mean, Mardi Gras day was hot. You had people holding umbrellas over their head to keep the sun off of them, not the rain. And a lot of Mardi Gras are cold. Uh, Mardi Gras this year fell on President's Day weekend. So the city was full. I mean, probably even before, they were, there were more people there than even before COVID because you had people stay for the whole weekend because they had President's Day off. Mm. In other words, they didn't have to take a bunch of vacation days where normally the, a lot of people that go home say Sunday, they stayed, you know, through all our Mardi Gras. And, uh, you know, this was my first Mardi Gras more as a tourist. You know, I lived in New Orleans for the last nine Mardi Gras. And so this time I went over as more of a tourist, which was actually fun. I got to do things. Instead of having to host people at my place, I got to go to other people's places and do stuff. And, uh, and then probably my favorite is, you know, I love Darius Rucker. He one of my favorite performers. I saw him in Augusta, Georgia for the Masters one year. The, the Georgia folks were nice enough to take us. And uh, I got he was playing one of the big Mardi Gras balls. So we went and he was just fantastic. So it was a great Mardi Gras. You know why I love it so much? 
Uh, it's something for everybody. It brings together all races, all sexes, everything. Uh, uh, the New Orleans people say it's the greatest free show in the world because it doesn't cost a penny if you just want to stand there and catch stuff and you know see the marching bands and all. Now, if you want to go to the balls and all, that costs money, but but there's really something for everybody. And you know, we, 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 there's a few places you get that a year. Kentucky Derby's another one. You know, you've been to Derby, so you understand how they did. I mean, you got your college kids in the infield, and you've got all your politicians in one spot, and all your rich people from around the world in one spot. You've even got homeless people begging you for money as you come in the track. Mardi Gras, same way. Without moving your head, you see all of these different walks of life, and everybody's having a ball and enjoying themselves. And uh, but I think that, uh, you add on top of that, the weather was fantastic this year, and it was President's Day weekend, and it just made for bigger crowds than ever. That's awesome. I uh, I've only gotten to go to Mardi Gras twice, so I, maybe I don't have the affinity for it that you do, but I should get that affinity for it because we've opened up our Mardi Gras event for next year already for 2024. The registration is open. Why don't you give an overview of it and let's talk about why it opened early this year? Yeah. So, uh, well, every two years, historically COVID got us off our two, every two years, we have an event in new Orleans, the Thursday before Mardi Gras, which is kind of the last true family friendly day that you can come. Um, so you can stay for the whole, you know, you can stay for all of Mardi Gras going home. It's up to you where we have site selectors speak, and we have, you know, various economic development related topics. I think next year we're going to make a big part of our of our topic workforce related because now that's such a big deal. And uh, but I mean, we have top chef site selectors. I mean, uh, site selectors from last year were D.D. Caldwell, Bob Hess, Mark Williams. You know, those were three of them. I mean, top chef people that you're going to want to spend time with. And, uh, well, we were overwhelmed this year with people emailing us, say, are y'all having your Mardi Gras? Are y'all having your Mardi Gras? And, of course, we don't because we have it every two years. People were reaching out saying, you know, I want a sponsor. Make sure to let me do it. So what we did is open it on Mardi Gras Day because that was fun. You know, let's open the thing on Mardi Gras Day and start, uh, you know, inviting people in. Uh, second thing is the room that we historically get only hold 200 people. And I'm not sure we can grow this event. If you've been to New Orleans Mardi Gras week, the hotels are full. And actually, one of the other reasons we opened it early is it's going to cost us more to pull the thing off because they had record Mardi Gras crowds this year. A lot of that was because of President's Day, yes. But, you know, you know how the hotels and all are. They're greedy. So now they want more than ever to, to reserve, you know, 100 rooms and to reserve the 200-person uh, ballroom and so on and so forth. And so we've got to get on to all of that now. Matter of fact, we just reserved a few of our spaces last week. So, you know, that's one reason we're opening it early. And so we opened it on Mardi Gras Day. And I believe I calculate we've already generated $16,000 in revenue. Uh, and today we're recording this March to two weeks later. We've already generated 16000 in revenue, which isn't enough to make a money, you know, it costs us a lot of money to pull the thing off, but that is enough to go ahead and rent the first few rooms, which is good. So that this, this lets us cash flow it as we go, where in the old days we'd lose a bunch of money at first, and then we'd make our money back at the end. This way it won't strain us so much uh, as we go along. Because, yeah, we've already sold three sponsorships, and I don't know, 20 to 30 people have already signed up to attend. You know, Now, uh, uh, attendance this year, uh, Mardi Gras, we ran a 50% off special. So that was the cheapest you'll ever get it. Right now, we're running an early bird special. I think you can attend for $795, if I remember. If you're a movement member, you get to come for free. That's one of our perks for movement members. We had a movement member join over the weekend, matter of fact. That's one of our perks for them. And uh, so we'll be sending those registrations all along. In May, 
we will announce our agenda, our speaking lineup, hotel, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, you're right. This people should sign up earlier rather than later um, because you can get the discount. Obviously, now it helps us plan better. And there's only 200 spots. So, but I've been gone doing our site selection the last however long. I've been in nine states since the middle of January. Have, how, who's sponsoring us right now? Uh, so, so uh, Research FDI, which is Bruce Tackerman, has signed up to sponsor, as well as Insightful, which is Ray Methvin's group. And Jedco, Jefferson Parish Economic Development, which is the Metairie area, if you're familiar with New Orleans, and it's actually where you land when you fly into New Orleans Airport, it's it's over there. And so all three of those were sponsors last time. They've all three renewed, so they got value out of it. And, you know, one of the best compliments we get on that Mardi Gras event, so I love Mardi Gras. We've already demonstrated that. But I've had people say to me, you know, I really don't like Mardi Gras. And I get it. Some people don't like it. But this conference is good enough. I'd go to it if you had it, you know, in the middle of May or whatever. You know, in other words, you don't have to have the Mardi Gras to have it. And so uh, we try to make it good enough that, you you know, you can justify going off to Mardi Gras. And certainly, you know, we try to get good enough site selectors and have a good enough event. But our room is absolutely a uh, you know, we can't fit another person at it. I mean, for the people who were there last year, for the opening session, everybody's there, and the site selectors, everybody's there. By the end of the day, people are mulling around. But, but I mean, those first two sessions, I don't know. It was standing room only. And so if just the bunch that comes last year comes again, we're out of room. And so, yeah, the quicker you sign up, the less of that you have to worry with. So this is uh, which number of Mardi Gras event for you? Uh, well, COVID, this will be four or five. Uh, we, we had, uh, I guess in 2016, I guess was our, let's see, COVID. Yeah. No, no COVID hit when 2020. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we, uh, no, so we did one in 2015, 2017, 2019, 2022, cause we got off a year. So we've had four, this to be our fifth one. And so, so how many showed up to the first one? Oh, the first one was about 20 people. They were all from Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. They were all my friends, only the only the few people I knew. And uh, But they showed up, and we had a half-a-day agenda, and we rented out the bar in my uh, in the hotel that I stayed in and had a, a Pat O'Brien's piano player come play, and that's all that showed up, 20 people. And then, uh, you know, the next time we did it, we probably had 40 to 50 and then we had 110, and last time we had 200. So that's the way that it's grown. And so you could say, well, Chad, you're growing every time you do it. You know, you went from 20 to 40 to 100 to 200. You're doubling. Why don't you go double this time? It's too big of a gamble. My God, the, 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 the convention center space in New Orleans to rent Mardi Gras week is ridiculously high. And so I would rather limit it to 200 than go try to do 400. And then if all of a sudden we have 300 and we spent too much money on the room. You know, I'd rather keep it at where it is and have a real fine event. Yeah, I agree with that. So last time we talked, you were starting a new business. How's that going? Yes, I did. I think at the time I didn't have a name for it. So you now can find it. It's losingweightwatchingsports.com. Now, me being as Southern as I am, I don't say the G's. So it is losing. See, I say losing. Uh, losing weight, watching sports.com. L-O-S-I-N-G, watching sports.com. And I uh, got a website over there where uh, I, I'm, I'm doing all kind of uh, sports videos as well as the, the keto weight loss, as people know. I actually have a hilarious story to tell about that. Uh, 
Um, I had a uh, my checkup this past week on a keto diet, and my sugar and cholesterol is all still perfect. People worry that on a keto, your cholesterol will go high because you eat all this meat. But last year, I hadn't told anybody this, not a soul, because it wasn't going to be good for a weight loss business. But last year, when I, I moved from New Orleans to Petito Key, Florida, and in the move, I set something on my scale. You know, it was on the bottom of the U-Haul or whatever, and set something on top of it, didn't think nothing of it. Put it in there in the bathroom, and I don't know, a week later when I weighed, I had gained 15 pounds. And I, But I had been stressed, and I had been eating a lot, so I thought I legitimately, for the last, I did that in May. I had just got back from Kentucky Derby, and you know how much you eat and drink it is. Mm-hmm. And I was 15 pounds heavier, and I thought, my God, but my clothes wasn't really much tighter, maybe a hair, and uh so anyway, I've been walking around for a year thinking I've gained 15 pounds. And so I was thinking, you know, uh, maybe this keto, I'm giving people bad advice <laughs> because I've been falling pretty strict. I went to the doctor the other day, got on the scale. Doctor says, well, you know, boy, you're doing, you've lost five pounds since this time last year. And I said, it's no way. The number was 15 pounds off of what I thought it was. I said, that scale ain't right. She said, well, it is. We weigh people every day. It's right. And, the you know, can, you know you've know, you lost five pounds. Good job. Your, your blood sugar is perfect. Your cholesterol is perfect. I still didn't believe them. Driving home, I stopped by CVS Pharmacy and bought me a new scale. Come in here and put it down. And sure enough, I have lost weight since last year. And I thought I had gained it. And so now I'm all back charged up and excited again. My scale, my scale got broke when I moved. And I didn't ever know. So I've been walking around. God. Yeah. I've been walking around taking it. I was 15 pounds heavier than I am. And, uh, but, you know, but I could still wear the same clothes. So I couldn't figure out what was going on. But anyway, I'm still convinced on that keto diet. I, I've lost, uh, I started at 268. So yeah, I lost 50 pounds and uh, my blood sugar is perfect. My cholesterol is perfect. And so uh, I started a new business in October where I'm combining that with my love of sports I called it, I called it losing weight watching sports because that's how I lost the weight. I did not work out. When I started the keto, it was in the middle of the COVID. And you could my gym was closed. You couldn't work out. And I literally lost all that weight from eating the keto diet. And so um I, I'm passionate about sports. So I put New Orleans Saints videos on there. I put Mississippi State videos on there. I'm up to about 700 followers. Let me go now up. Uh, the business started out great. It's tapered off some now because football's over. And I get the majority of my watchers during football. Well, you I need, need to start planning for doing something around the SEC tournament since you're going. I do. I'm going next week to the tournament. Let me just You know what you ought to do is record yourself sitting there in the stands and give a quick recap of each game you watch. Real quick, just do it on your phone and then edit it into I'm, your video. I might do that. Let me look now. All time now, I've got uh, 74,000 views. So I've had a Superdome worth of people watch my channel. That's what I think about that. I mean, I've had a Superdome, 74,000. And uh, 686 subscribers. But again, I probably had 600 when when football ended. You know, So the problem is I'm a Mississippi State fan. And historically, we're no good at basketball. Now, we're on the bubble. We may make the tournament. Yep. If we beat Florida Thursday, we're probably in. When so I last I, I checked, you were first four out. Or we're right on. It's, it's, it's according to which one you look at. Joe Lenardi's got us in. Other ones have us out. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I, I will be doing some shows with that. Uh, you know, we're a baseball school. Our baseball team's horrible. We're absolutely horrible this year. We got no pitching. We're giving up 10 runs a game, so I'm not going to be able to do any shows on that. The Saints were horrible, although we traded for Derek Carr today. So I'll be able to do some shows on that and drive traffic back. But anyway, if you go to my website, I have like a Mississippi State baseball jury. I've got myself uh, an affiliate relationship with various different uh, uh, sport sport good providers and various different keto providers. For instance, the uh, the barbecue sauce I eat uh, is made by Primal Kitchen. And I'm telling you, I love it. I mean, I, I eat it on ribs and all. Well, I've got an affiliate with them now where anything I sell for them, I get a percentage. So every week, you know, I'll sell them a honey mustard or you know, what I'll do is get on my, my show and just say, you know, look at here, look at here at the barbecue I use and so on and so forth. <laughs> and people to go buy And, you know, I'm not making a killing with it, but I'm making good. On and then I've got a baseball jersey for Mississippi State. I've got Saints jerseys on there as people get over there. So my goal is by football for sure, which is in September, I mean, to really monetize it because that. I did a show last year on Oklahoma. I felt got cheated in one game. Let me just go look. I got 11,000 views in that one game. So then, you know, next year when that happens, I need an Oklahoma product sitting there to sell where I didn't have it last year because that was so brand new, you know. And then I will be able to monetize. Let's see. I wish I could find. Oh, well, uh, let me just click views. 12,900. I got 12,098 watches. I, I proclaimed that Oklahoma had been cheated against Texas Tech by the officials. And I got literally 12,000 people watched it. And so, yeah, so by football, so, now I would say this, if Kentucky gets cheated in the basketball tournament, North Carolina's not going to make it. But if one of the big teams that really, you know, Kentucky, Duke, some of those guys, if they were to get cheated, I can get that many watches in an NCAA tournament. But, you know, I can't get – Kentucky's had no close games. Y'all have either blown people out or got blown out. And I don't understand it. Arkansas blew you out then you in Rupp's Arena, and then you went to uh, Fayetteville, and you blew them out. Well, See, it, it helped the close uh, game. Was, uh, I, I, game. <laughs> I need a close game that comes right to the end that I can analyze, and that'll get people watching it. But Kentucky hasn't played a close game all year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they've all been – well, uh, ten points or more usually uh, the difference between. So, I think uh, I, I think you need to do one on the SEC tournament, maybe March Madness, and then really golf is is getting going. And have you watched Full Swing on Netflix yet? I watched the first two episodes because I'm a big Brooks Kepka fan, so I watched that yeah. episode where he's been highly criticized for the episode, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I did. And it, I heard nothing that I didn't already know. <laughs> so right. anyway. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that episode. Yeah, but no. I, four I, or five I, in. Yeah, with the Masters, I'll get into it. So, you know, the way I started that last year, the Saints won the first game on a, on a long field goal. So I just got on my YouTube and did a video and didn't know anybody would follow. But I will tell you, I've already made good friends through it. I have I have made good friends. I've got some Mississippi State people now that are texting me every game. We were at the bowl game. Uh, you know, I went with Tim Weston and Grace Swoop to the uh, Mississippi State bowl game. And all of a sudden, up comes these two people. Oh, oh, you're that losing weight watching sports guy. We watch your ever video. Can we have a picture with you? And I said, better than a picture, let's do a live halftime uh, analyzation of the game. Oh, <laughs> so we, I recorded him. I recorded him in the Tampa Bay Stadium. And uh, but no, I particularly with Mississippi State and New Orleans Saints, I will have those fans will now reach out 
and you know, ask me what you think of that. Did you see that? And all this kind of stuff. And of course, I'm a big Cardinals fan, St. Louis Cardinals. So once that starts up, I should be able to get some baseball watchers and all. Well, but I am enjoying it. I will tell you, I uh, I have been traveling a lot lately, so I hadn't got to do as many shows as I would like. But you're right, I, I've I've got to do a lot for the March Madness. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. I want to thank LocationOne.com. Some of you know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. In my opinion, Lois is the best buildings and sites database on the market. One of the reasons I think that is it gives you nationwide exposure. So I used to be the economic developer in Paducah, Kentucky, and I made a terrible mistake. I only put my buildings and sites on the Kentucky Economic Development Buildings and Sites database. Well, Paducah bordered Illinois and was within 30 or so miles of Missouri, Indiana, and Tennessee. So what sense did it make for me to not put my bills and sites on a nationwide database? Well, Lois does that for you. Looking back, I should have put my bills and sites on Lois. It's also easy to use for an economic developer. It's just like using Facebook. It walks you through how to insert your pictures and your information and so forth. And the thing I like most it works well on my iPad. If I'm in an industrial building, I want to be able to look at that thing on my iPad. Lois does that for me. Other buildings and sites databases struggle with that. So if you got 10 or 15 minutes to spare, go over to location1.com, book yourself a demo, and see if this can help your community have more success. Hopefully some of those crime issues in St. Louis doesn't affect their uh, attendance this year at the Cardinals baseball games. Uh, the Cardinals attendance has never recovered from COVID. Uh, they're still getting good attendance, but but they uh, ever since COVID, they still don't draw what they used to. If you just look out in that stadium, you can – now, they may report numbers because of season tickets that lead you to believe different. I don't know. I haven't looked at the stat. But I'm just talking about when you look at the stadium, it is a clear – yeah, they probably draw a third less unless they're playing the Cubs. I mean, they probably draw a third less for the average game. Yeah, that's a sad thing. Well, you stated for year for years your vision was to become the passive chair of Next Move Group, not work in the business every single day. Where do you think we are on making your vision a reality? I think we're on our way. I mean, you know, probably 75, 80% on our way there. So yeah, I guess uh uh goldman sachs in 2017 we did a 10,000 small business accelerator program and uh at the time it was basically just alex and i we didn't really have any employees and they they challenged us and said chad you've built this business too much about you if something happened to you if you got you know this disability or whatever uh you would really be in trouble you've got to build a business that's not about you so we started on our way in 2017 and uh We've had multiple employees. We've hired multiple consultants to help us along our way. And every year we inch closer and closer to it. But I, I figure we're 75. I'm still working. Uh, I don't work every day in the business. You know, Friday I went to the basketball tournament. Sunbelt tournament's in Pensacola. And so my brother and I have been going in every night. And it's worked its way down. It's South Alabama and Louisiana Lafayette's in the championship tonight. And the winner of that will go to the NCAA tournament. So we're you know, going over there to that tonight. And South Alabama's in Mobile, where I used to live. And Lafayette, we got customers. So, you know, I know people. It's, it's worked out good for us, the teams that, that it's been. And Dennis Jarvis is a movement member, and he loves the Sun Belt. So he's been texting me every game, who's going to win and this and that and the other and all the controversy. So, And this week, I'm going to the SEC tournament. So this week, I'll only work, what, two days of the week. So it's uh, it's it's working itself out. If you look at our sales list right now, 
I, you probably have sold uh, uh, this month as much or more than me if you look at our, you know, list of revenue. And so that's where we're wanting to go. You know, used to, I sold 95% of our stuff and that's a total recipe for disaster. And so now if we, if we looked, if anything, we're 50-50, but you might've actually sold more than me for this month if you look at what's going to come in, which is good. So that's the path that we need to go. So I think we're probably 75 or 80% to get there. Uh, and we just got to keep chipping away at it month by month, you know, week by week and, uh, and continue trying to build a machine. You know, Goldman Sachs really taught me to think about week. You know, I got to sell this much this week and let the weeks build on themselves, uh, 52 of them. And, uh, you know, it's just a frequency of, you know, uh, okay, I sell this. I can't rest on my laurels. We, you know, we got to go sell something. That's yep. kind of, you know, what, what you have to train people to do. But I'd say we're 75 to 80% of our way there. And I was not trying to do that myself till Goldman Sachs taught it to me. Well, what are you doing with your free time now? You're not working 60 hours a week. Well, see, I live on the beach. And so uh, I spend a lot of time out on the beach. and, uh, and uh, on People my ask me that question all the time about you, by the way. <laughs> they ask me what I do. What do you tell them? What is your answer? I tell them, well, Chad just spends most of his days on the beach enjoying himself, coming up with ideas, strategies for what we can do with Next Move Group next. He's always thinking about his other business. I mean, you've got more time to really be a strategic thinker about where the businesses are going. Both yeah, your that is very that is very true. And I do a lot of that now. So it's you know a lot, a lot of time on the beach. My patio overlooks the beach. So you can sit on it and be in the shade. So uh, you know, I spend a lot of time out there. My again, my sports channel, my sports and losing weight channel. I, I put a good time. I think you'll like that website if you go to it, losingweightwatchingsports.com. It's nothing but videos. I don't have a whole lot of text on there, but I do have resources for the keto diet people from doctors, you know, telling you how to do it, where it's not just Chad telling you I have expertise on there. So that's how I spent a lot of my time. Within next move, I still work about a half a day on Sundays. Cause that lets me kind of, you know, uh, plan our projects, make sure I know what's going on. You know, let's do this, that, and the other. And then I work probably all day Monday, uh, and all day Tuesday. And then, you know, so you figure I'm working two and a half days a week. And then Wednesdays, I usually record our video for the next week, mm. you know, for our movement members. So yeah. I'm working probably three full days a week. If you think about it. So yeah, if we can gear that back to one and a half. So that leaves me two days free. I have a lot of free time Thursdays and Fridays. I've been traveling a lot and that's been freeing. It really has. And, uh, you know, one thing we would do and we need to get back to, but I'm, uh, my schedule's full is we were doing any sales zooms I had, we were pushing to one day of the week. Mm -hmm. So I would sit here and zoom all day on Wednesday and it would be one long day, but I'd get it all over with. And that's produced results for us. And it was freeing for me because then I knew if I want to run Thursday, like I went, uh, you know, I would Dak Prescott fan. I went and watched Dallas and Tampa Bay playing the playoffs and uh it took me a vacation to key west just on the drop of a hat you know and so i've been doing a whole lot of more traveling and that type stuff knowing that i can because well, uh you're gonna be doing uh, that a lot the next couple of weeks too well this week i gotta go to pinehurst <clears throat> to give a talk for the north carolina economic development group and uh, so that's kind of work but pinehurst didn't really work but then i'm at the sec tournament all week with a bunch of kentucky fans I'm the only Mississippi State fan, so that always works out interesting. And we play – Mississippi State plays Thursday morning at noon, meaning we can be out by 2. Yep. And me have to sit there all week. You know, it Kentucky, is miserable. Kentucky don't play until the late game, which will probably be about yeah, 9 o'clock or yep. so Friday. 
Yeah, but even in that, I'm going with clients. I mean, we're going to have yeah. two clients there. So one could argue that's work. It's really not, but one could argue that. <laughs> I mean, but then if State wins, I'm probably going to go to Dayton. To they say we're going to have to go to Dayton and play in that play-in game. Yeah. So most likely, if we end up in Dayton, what I'm going to do Sunday night? You know, it's not that far from Nashville to Dayton, really. You no. just run up through Louisville. And uh, so probably if we if we make the tournament, I'm going to go Sunday night from Nashville to Dayton and follow Mississippi State. If we yeah. lose, I'll be in. But here again, that's all work now because I've got a sports channel where I analyze the Mississippi State team. So I'll be able to, you know, that'll be my sports casting hat. <laughs> well, and, I you know, think it's funny. I had a Mississippi State. We, we do have some Mississippi State. One of, the, one of the guys who followed me close on Mississippi State, he reached out and he said, I really like your videos because – so Mississippi State, all our podcasters work for the university in some capacity. Either they work for the media department or – so they really can't ever be very critical. And I, I'm not critical most of the time. Uh, but but I did one show where – and unfortunately, our coach passed away, Mike Leach. But after we played Alabama, Mike Leach got on television and he said our guys were intimidated of Alabama. These were his words, not mine, his. And I got on a show and I was like, why are we intimidated? You know, I had a fit. You know, why are we intimidated of Alabama? LSU wasn't intimidated of them. They beat them. Tennessee, sorry. They wasn't intimidated of them. They beat them. Georgia ain't intimidated. Why are we intimidated? And anyway, this guy sent me this message. I love your show so much because all of our, all the Mississippi State podcasters are so pro-university. They, they would never criticize. And all I did was repeat what the coach said. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, I yeah. uh, I guess we need to make sure that the movement members know, since you will be traveling, uh, you'll be seeing me on the movement shows the next couple of weeks um, while Chad's gone. So That's right. We've got one on how to do RFPs that our, one of our members has requested. And then uh, what is it? And then there's a second uh, one. Oh, oh and then another, uh, how to do strategic planning, particularly for your mayors. You may want to buy that video, not just for you, but share it with your mayor. So from a, you know, how do you do the blocking and tackling of strategic planning? If you want to do that without hiring and spend a bunch of money on consultant, Chuck's going to get into that. Yep. So I know you're excited about some of the stuff we're doing. Speaking of strategic plans, um, the product offerings this year, talk about your thoughts on those. Well, what we're doing, and uh, just this past week we sold a few, is uh, we need to transition many of our products to more subscription models. And the reason being the economy's changing so fast. Uh, so for years, we would sell you a labor study, as would many consultants. Uh, that labor study is not worth the paper it's printed on a year from now. Uh, as quickly as the labor market's changing, and particularly if gas prices change tremendously. People will drive a different distance based, you know, gas goes to $4 a gallon. That all switches on you. So we have changed our labor studies from an annual, you know, from one big fee to an annual renewal fee or monthly fee where we keep that thing updated for you every three months. Same thing with our virtual spec building. Uh, the pricing of building construction materials and the time frame is changing rapidly. And so we don't want somebody to have a virtual spec building and the cost be off because it's just changing somewhat. So we're changing that also to more of a monthly subscription to where every three months we will update that pricing for you. And so we're basically responding to the market fluctuating as fast as it is and, and creating uh, more recurring revenue for us, subscription models. They're lower price fees to get into. Over the long term, we make more money if we keep our clients happy, but it'll be better for everybody because we'll have products out there that we know that the numbers are right on when the market's changing so fast. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I know there's a lot of economic developers out there who are worried, especially about labor. And, and I'm glad you brought that up. Of course, our product of the month this month is the full-blown labor study. That's one thing I, we haven't mentioned yet on this podcast, but that's what our product of the month is this month. And you get what, 10% off on that. Um, and it's needed right now. I mean, out doing site selection and working with communities, you know, there's a lot of things. And I'll be honest with you. I think one of the things we ought to do, you know, if folks sign up for our labor study this this month, not just do the labor analysis piece and the marketing piece for them, but also I'd like to give them some strategic recommendations on how they position their workforce uh, for uh, site visits. Because I've, you know, I've seen a lot of communities, like I said, I've been in what, nine, 10 states since January. And every single one of them, I've got advice I can give them on how they can sell the client that is with me better on what their workforce offering is. So I think that's something they, to add to it. They need that expertise. And I'll let me get on my soapbox a little again, whether you use us or somebody else. But I, most communities I find do not position their labor properly. Nope. Um, I, I will have people say, well, I'm going to use the regional workforce board's labor study. Why in the world, and maybe this is just my business or even sports coming out, uh, you know, Mississippi State's and SDC, they's 14 teams. I don't want to do what the other 13 do. Mississippi State's never going to win if we do that. <laughs> I mean, that's just, the reason Mike Leach won is he had something totally different. Uh, th th there is no way in the world that I would rely on my workforce board to do a nine-county labor study that I had the same labor study as my eight biggest competitors. I, it's just no way I do that. I'm, and you can argue me that I'm wrong. Again, if you even hate us and don't want us to do your labor study and you use somebody, I don't, I'm just telling you the truth. I would not do that. The other mistake people make with a labor study, and everybody does this, and I used to do it before I, before I saw a different way to do it. People would just say, here's our 45-minute drive time. Here's our 60-minute drive time. That's useless. It's absolutely useless. And let me tell you why. People would drive further for more money. I saw that happen with my own father. He would drive further for $2 an hour. He might drive two hours. Uh, people would drive further the more you pay them. 45-minute drive time is useless unless I know the wage associated with it. Where I grew up in Mississippi, people would drive four hours and work in the Gulf for 28 days a month. They stay out there four weeks. Because the pay was $80,000 as opposed to 50. Now, you think that's going to show up on a 45-minute drive time mm -hmm. in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico? Mm -hmm. No. You know, you got to be able to show people uh, at this wage level, this is where they will come from. And that absolutely will change. Uh, and, and it's never a perfect circle because you have competitors around you that have, a, you know, there's plants here, industrial parks there, hospitals here, roads. And so that that all, and that's the mistake that I see people make. You got to be able to show a prospect. And sometimes the prospect may have to be convinced. Y'all going to have to pay more. Mm -hmm. But that will show them if I pay this, I can access this market over here. And those numbers change based on the price of gas. When gas goes to $4 a gallon, people would drive less. It's common sense. And, and I, you rarely see a labor study that'll take that into account. Whereas ours that we're updating month or every quarter will. And so that's the mistake that I see people make. Now, if labor was one of 10 considerations, along with your power rate and this and that and other, would it be that big of a deal? Maybe not. Every consultant you talk to will now tell you labor is the number one issue. Number one. It's not one of 10. It's one of one. There's nine other ones under it. It is one of one. Therefore, 
you ought to have the best labor study you can get your hands on, and it certainly shouldn't be what the county next door has, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it's funny we're talking about this because uh, I was working with Ivy last night on the uh, slides for our RFI show, or our, uh, yeah, for our movement show on RFIs and completing those appropriately. And we talk in the show, we're going to talk in the show about the short term and long term. What's your story about labor, both short term and long term? How are you providing? For the startup operations, what are you doing in your community to make sure that there's long-term uh, workforce availability? And housing's a part of that. How are you addressing housing? Oh, hey, every site visit we've been on in the last uh, two and a half months, every community we've gone to, either myself or the client, has asked the community, uh, tell us about your housing. What are you doing around housing right now? How are you getting more housing? Housing is 100% a part of it. And I don't care where you are in this country. Last year, I gave a talk three weeks in a row. I, I was in three different towns. One was near Tallahassee, Florida. One was uh, in Northeast Tennessee. And one was in Bismarck, North Dakota. You could not have three more different places. Tallahassee, Florida, state capital. Florida, you know, Northeast Tennessee, Bismarck, North Dakota. All three were struggling with what I would call middle income type housing. Didn't matter if you were in North Dakota or Florida. Mm -hmm. And so that's when the light bulb went off to me. This is a major league problem. And so, yeah, I think now, you know, economic developers have to be able to show that as a piece of infrastructure, no different than your water and your sewer system. You've got to show the piece of infrastructure in housing and apartments and what your plan is when it comes to all of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, everywhere I've gone to, I mean, it's a, it's an issue everywhere I've been because I've been in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Texas, um, <laughs> all over the daggum place. And housing is a, is an issue everywhere we go. And I think uh, us coming out with, should we talk about something we're going to come out with maybe this week? The housing. Yeah, stuff? yeah. We, uh, you know, you're right. As I lay on the beach, I'm always thinking of a new product. So, so we're we're uh, we're going to be putting some information out there. Next move group is going to start uh, having the capability for housing studies for communities. We get asked about them all the time. Asked if we can do them, or asked if we we know someone who can do them. Uh, we've looked through and poured through them for about a quarter now uh, to make sure we have the data and the resources. And we're going to have a little bit of an edge, I think, uh, for in our value proposition for these, as we'll have a housing developer uh, that'll help uh, put that together with us and give us some extra data and maybe even some strategic recommendations as a part of those housing studies. So I think that'll be a good thing for us to be offering soon. Um, all right, let's 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 wrap it up. We've been going for a little bit here. Where do you see Next Move Group in the next five years? And where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, in the next five years, you know, I, what has shocked me, I think it would shock everybody, and it probably shocks you. We sell three or four Robert's Rules of Orders video a week uh, to people that we don't know. I have never met them in my life. If they came up to me, in other words, they're not, they may be, uh, they may run a nonprofit. They may be a city manager, not necessarily economic development. And so I think, you know, we, we will continue to build out our own demand video portion of our business and design it to reach more than just economic developers, but we'll always have an economic development spin to it. In other words, it should help economic developers. If your mayor buys one of our videos unknown to you, uh, our videos should defend you and our profession. Everything we do has an economic development spin on it. And so I think, uh, two things as our company grows, I think we'll do more trainings and more executive searches of, uh, of, uh, peripheral things that touch economic development. 
utilities, you know, city employees, colleges, workforce, this type of stuff. I, I think we'll do more executive searches in all those regards and we'll sell more training videos just because I see it on a daily basis. And then two, I think our site selection practice within the next five years will really pick up. You're about to have two uh, sizable announcements this year, hopefully in the next month or two. Actually, so I think I we might have four by May announced. Well, I mean, even if you only have one, much less four. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just going to really propel our site selection activities. And so, uh, you know, five years from now, I think our site selection practice will probably have tripled. And I think our online video sales will have tripled. And I think our executive search sales will have doubled because I think we will get into more. Well, now we do a lot of chambers. You know, we started just economic development. Well, now we do as many chambers as economic development. Well, it just makes common sense to me that then you'll start doing um, colleges and workforce boards and uh, planning and development districts, which we've already done some. There and ports and airports and all these things that touch economic development. Yeah. I agree with that. Well, and look, it's I good for the economic developer in town because we were you. And so we're going to try to hire people who understand what you do, support what you do, won't be adversarial to you. I mean, that is our background. And so, you know, if I were an economic developer, I'd want us to come in and do my search for my power company person, for instance, knowing next move's going to try to find somebody that's pro-economic development. Now, will we get it right 100%? No, because sometimes the committees don't hire who we tell them to hire. <laughs> but, but but you're going to know that we're we're trying to, to get you a, a friendly face, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. I appreciate you coming to spend some time uh, on the podcast with me. It's been a few months. We haven't seen each other since December in person. I guess it's been, we're going to have to get together and have a little strategy session soon uh, for no well, other. I halfway, figured you might make, I halfway figured you might make it to Nashville to watch the cats if they make the finals. So I didn't know. Well, somebody's got to run the company, you know, somebody's got to make sure we're making money. That's true. And thank <laughs> God that's not me. I, I did it for, I did it for eight years. I'm tired of it. That's funny. Well, I hope you have a good time while you're down there. Folks, thanks for joining us here on Next Move Group. We are Jobs Podcast. We will see you on the next one. Hail State.